and there's no no other yeah that's what I there is very so could you read that as they were borrowing money you have a claim on future dollars because you have no doubt future dollars will have value compared to anything else you're looking at really yeah and in in the last uh, decade the rates that we've seen on 10 year uh on 10-year bonds have been lower than the U.S. inflation rate. So that means that wow. I will lend the United States government money even though I'm guaranteed yeah. a loss. As a favor to me. <laughs> you know, and As negative a favor to me. Interest rate, right. yeah. Which... Yeah, and I may... Yeah, I don't actually <laughs> yeah. think that's... You know, negative interest rates are for a... a for a, like, demand deposit, interest rates mm-hmm. should be negative. Full reserve banking... Yes, there should be. They should be negative because that's just a favor. Somebody's just holding it for you. And I remember Mm -hmm. there was some talk of having negative interest rates on um, like super huge uh, holdings, like corporations and stuff. And I was like, wow, because it's a privilege to hold dollars. Like that's, and and it made sense. It's like, wow, I mean, you're charging them to have something that, that will withstand whatever threat you perceive. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, and it and it's something else. And I think what what pisses people off is that that sucks, right? Uncle Sam takes that money and he spends it on endless war. Yeah, and he spends it on all of this. You know, whether whatever your beef is, whether it's welfare spending or it's the it's warfare, the welfare, welfare, welfare state. super state. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all of the it's above, and it's just quo. terrible. It was all over the Wall Street Journal today. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to pass this bill, and it's got a lot of money for Ukraine and Israel, but we're also going to put it in for the homeless right. and for health care. And it's like, you know what? Just give me my money back. Yeah. I'll take care yeah, of it. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's and that's what bugs people about this whole thing is it's like, how could anybody want to lend money to the United States government at a guaranteed loss when they're just going to take it and do all of these terrible things? Or why would you lend it to the government at a guaranteed loss in general? And it's and it ultimately just comes down to there is no other alternative. So if the Chinese, if the Russians, if the Brazilian, if if these other groups, if they want to come up with an alternative, which by the way, they're never going to be able to do because it's already coming about in the wrong way. They're trying to do it from the top down. The sterling didn't happen that way. The dollar didn't happen that way. The Bank mm-hmm. of Amsterdam didn't happen that way. The The Dutch Republic and specifically the city of Amsterdam created that bank. They chartered it but it was really to keep their merchants within the city from having to take depreciation on coins that had been worn down and that right. other countries in the area wouldn't accept. That was from one of our and earlier so cr- shows for people who want to go back yep. and see on monicasdeepdives.com. You can find the Jason Purcell series. Uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I feel so fortunate that it's a series now. Like, uh-huh. really, Super it, fun. Yeah, it's yeah. We're missing a no, piece, I'm, though. We'll have to do one more to get from the 70s to, like, Bretton Woods, right, too. Right, we are right. missing that yeah. piece, but we'll reorder it when, when it's all done. But go ahead. So, um, yes, yeah, so so it, it's a bottoms-up problem. It's a, it's a foundational sure. problem. If, it's, if you're yep. going to have a collapse, it's not going to be instituted by up-and-comers from the outside, not for a very, very long time, which is probably oh, true. Yep. They say something similar about military power. It's that if if you have a the old empire usually is militarily superior to the young up and coming economic power, so the old mm-hmm. empire is going to want to have war. 
So like we would want to have a war with China because China has spent mm-hmm. a lot of years building up factories and we've been spending a lot of years building up missiles. So well, that's why we want it to be hostile and they want it to be friendly. I, I want it to be friendly. I don't I don't want anything to be hostile. I don't care. I mean, I, I don't care if we're first or second. Our standard of living would be higher in a world where people just competed to get me Absolutely. something faster and cheaper and better or get me nothing at all and let me just sit outside with my chickens because mostly everything gets done for you because we've actually allowed the free market to get things where they have the highest utility, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will say for people who are super afraid, like there's, there's a lot of anxiety about this and you'll hear some, I don't really like the super black pilled alternative media, even when they're very well educated and stuff, because me neither. It's not good. Like scaring people away isn't, isn't the way to to improve their lives or to save this country. And I feel like if you're super, super scared of financial collapse and you're liquidating everything and burying it in the backyard, maybe. I mean, if you really think about it and get your um, conclusion consistent with your research and your own risk profile, that's totally fine. But just... I personally am not freaking out about that either. Because once they raised those interest rates, once they stopped the world to save the financial system, I was like, okay, they at Mm -hmm. least need one more cycle. They're at least going another 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. But I do, it does seem very clear that the digi-dollar is coming. So the central bank digital currency is, they are coming, are Mm -hmm. they not? Is there any doubt in your mind that we're going to get that? So there's, um, in the United States, I am both hopeful and doubtful. I'm, I'm, I'm doubtful in the success of the CBDC and I'm hopeful because I'm doubtful in the success of the CBDC. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. So, um, wow, that's great. Boy, I didn't expect that. I did not expect, because we're, obviously we don't talk before the show. You just like give it to me in real time. So I did not know that because I, I think I feel, I mean, I think my default position is that it's absolutely positively inevitable. I mean, just the signs are all there. However, I will say they do There's like a, you to get to think that things are inevitable, especially they when they're powerless to make them happen. Like they spend a lot more yes. money on propaganda when your attitude is the most important factor. Yeah, exactly. And um, the reason that I'm hopeful is because I've seen a lot of monetary conferences. Uh, I spent a lot of time looking at CBDCs last year uh, when the subject was really a lot more active on the tape. Now we've got, you know, Hamas, Israel, and and the war with between Russia and Ukraine heated up and that kind of distract really distracted from the CBDC conversation. I haven't I haven't seen it anywhere near the front page these days, whereas it was last year. But the reason that I'm hopeful is because whenever the current chairman of the central bank, whenever Powell is asked about it, he says, well, you know, we would have to, ultimately Congress would have to to make that decision. We'd have to amend the the Reserve Act and we don't want consumers to be directly integrated with our network. And all of the people on the the Federal Reserve Board say the same thing. So there was uh, another another prominent board member who was giving a talk and they asked him, I think it was at a university in Australia. Um, and, and Australia is a place where there's a lot more positivity about the CBDC. 
and and the reason you know you could obviously come back with oh well the Federal Reserve chair the chairman is just not going to say anything he's actually in support of it right. he's just not telling us but if you look at Christine Lagarde <laughs> if you look at the current over who runs the ECB yes. if you look at the current managing director of the IMF if you look at the managing director of the BIS these people are gung ho and they're public about it they don't have right. to hide shit yeah. and Powell doesn't have to hide shit because. We think of our common American as being like us. We think that our common citizen pays <clears throat> attention to what the Fed's doing. Nobody pays <laughs> attention true. to what the Fed's That's doing. True. Powell doesn't have to hide anything. <laughs> if he were pro-CBDC, he wouldn't yes. have to hide it at all. Yeah. And he's not. He's been in conferences with these people. He was he was in a conference with the Atlantic Council that was on this specific issue where they were each interviewed about these things. He's been in conferences with the that are hosted by the IMF. His the representatives of the Fed have been to these BIS conferences and they won't they will not commit to a CBDC. They just won't do it. The euro Okay, the, the Eurozone, the ECB, they're entirely gung-ho about it. China already has a pilot program. Uh, there are a few countries in the world, namely uh, the Bahamas and Nigeria, which have full-blown implementation, and they're increasingly unpopular. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to use these things. Um, people did use, it's funny, in Nigeria, people did use them, and then the government figured out that, oh, we have to actually now figure out how to tax transactions that are done in the CBDC. Mm-hmm. They went right on back to cash. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So the adoption of these things has been minimal. Uh, the Chinese adoption has been uh, has been horrible. Right now, really? there are... Yes. So the average CBDC balance in a... Chi- the average digital yuan balance, at least the last time I checked, which was uh, probably... 10, 10, 11 months ago. So I'd have to look back again. But there's millions and millions and millions of... The Atlantic Council, if you look <laughs> at their CBDC Another tracker, they'll tell you this. Because they're because they're at the, the center of it all. I mean, yeah. I think Zelensky yeah, is like a member of that. I think that oh, was really? like right yeah, before this be all surprised. happened. They like inducted him into the Atlantic Council. So, yeah, uh, okay. So they're totally deep into this. And what do they say? Yeah, so they they actually publish a, they have a tracker because they're super enthusiastic about it, you know, they're CBDC fanboys, but um but they have a tracker that shows these countries are in research, these countries are in um these countries have full implementation, these countries have pilot programs. Anyway, they advertise that China has millions and millions of CBDC accounts. Well, if you take all of the aggregate balance of all of those CBDC accounts and divide it by the number of accounts that there are, it equates to like 50 cents <laughs> in each one, in each wow. wallet. So the, yeah. So the implementation, even in a place like China, has been ridiculously low. They don't trust it. Okay. So, so I mean, it still could just get better. Like, it, it you know, but but in your opinion... Just to put a bow on it, do you feel mm-hmm. like CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, as the global norm, is not a sure thing? No, I think that it is a sure thing. Okay. The only thing that's keeping the United States from it is our current leadership in the Federal Reserve Board. And as we know from things like the Supreme Court, uh, that any the Federal Reserve Board is like is five year terms, I believe. So that can easily be changed. It would take a couple of administrations to do it. I think Powell's got four more years left. But across the globe, you know, the Eurozone wants it, China wants it, Japan wants it. And when you add up those three economies alone, 
you know, you're looking at a very significant chunk of GDP. So is the rest of the world going to get stuck with CBDCs? I would look at it in the same way as it took a lot longer for the dollar to lose convertibility within the country to gold than it did for the rest of the world. I would say that's the kind of track that we're on. Okay. Uh, we will be the last ones okay. to, you know, eventually is that they 20 may years? win. Is that in your 20 year plan or even beyond that? It could be, it could be, um, it could be five, could be 20. It could be five to 10. Okay. I mean, it, I think it would take the major leadership currently at the Federal Reserve Board to expire um, and not be renominated, which depends on a couple of election cycles, you know, kind of depends on which party, uh, kind of depends on which party is in power. So, it, you know, at least five, because it would take that long for some of the current uh, people who occupy those offices to even be up for re-election. A renomination, rather, um, so it it would be at least five in 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 terms okay. of the Fed. Right. And you that's know, still, the ECB that's still really kind of soon, though. <laughs> as a minimum, <clears throat> I mean, that is kind of soon as a yeah, minimum. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, but even actually, I may you may extend that to a decade because even in the ECB, where they actually do want it, and right. everybody really is on it's board, it's still taking years okay. over there. So if they are at implementation in five years, then maybe it's more like 10 to 15 well, in the U.S. Well, seems, like seems to me, and I've always thought this, that Bitcoin is a stepping stone to a cashless society. And I do see banks and other like very mainstream, sizable business ventures accommodating crypto, whether it's banks making noise about that or... ETF or whatever. Oh yeah, they. So yeah, they already are. Is, They're trying to do a, the thing. So that mm -hmm. you might not have any information on this, and I'm happy to like reconvene it another time to talk about it if you want to. But the FTX thing to me now, I know this guy just got convicted, but I think that whole thing was a setup. The whole thing, like his dad. I actually went to school, and his father was a teacher of mine. Briefly, I mean, doesn't know me, but. Uh, like my impression is those those guys have I, I just don't believe the story and they were very good friends both this guy's parents and Caroline Ellison's parents with SEC chairman former SEC chairman yeah whose whose raison d'etre now is to regulate crypto I mean I just think this is a massive mm -hmm. psyop I don't know how closely you're following it. But where do you see? I mean, do you a? It looks like you agree with me, and b like this is a probably about regulating crypto, which seems yeah, to me to be uh, a stepping stone to the CBDC. Also, like it's going to be an integrated mm -hmm. system, in my very amateurish opinion. So, yeah, like yeah. So the idea is like let's give you a bunch of shit coins, and then we're gonna essentially we're gonna instill we're going to create the public opinion we're going to create the consensus by telling you oh look at all these shit coins but there's good things about crypto like the fact that you can transact it one-to-one -one pretty quick you know over some network and it's encrypted or whatever so maybe you'll be a lot more likely to to support this cbdc thing when we finally try to shove it down your throat um yeah so i, th I think the ftx exchange the the story of how 
Sam Bankman Fried made his money like arbitraging Bitcoin prices or, or other crypto between different exchanges is just is garbage. Like it's stupid. Um, it, it's a story designed to to make people to make the normal person think arbitrage crypto prices between exchanges. Well, there's three words that I don't right. know. You and know, he maybe looks I'll just like leave a this garage entrepreneur nerd guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I totally like wide, I agree. But, yeah. Yes, it's it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. But I do. Uh, yes, I agree with that. That it's. Um, I didn't know that, but I I didn't know that like you could actually look at that element of the story and call bullshit on it. I still think I still. I mean, I know he got convicted, but I still mm-hmm. think he's gonna get. Let yeah, out. I think there's gonna be some kind of appeal or whatever, but. But there was a nuance that kept coming up. Like he would say, I never did anything illegal. All the stuff you're talking about was stuff I did in the international arm, not the domestic mm-hmm. arm. And and all these like little details. And I was like, I think they're going to let him out and say, technically, he didn't break any laws. That's why we need more laws. But mm-hmm. he did get convicted. So I don't really yep. know where it's going to go from here. I assume it was set up for appeal because the judge did some weird things and the judge is totally sketchy. I did a whole show on like the judges in this case and how sketchy they all are. But yeah, um, but, yeah you agree that, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but... His parents are colleagues of Gary Gensler, exactly. who just magically appears to and be chairman him. of the SEC. Like, not just him, you know, but the other ones it's, too. It's, There's it's, another yeah. SEC chair who's a um, a Stanford Law School professor who I think I might even have had Greenfeld or something, also as a professor. And then Ellison that name sounds familiar. Is is Caroline Ellison? That, her her his family, father is yep, her father's in that, in that, that too. So it works yep. for Gensler. Ellison works for Gensler, if I recall correctly. I haven't refreshed my memory okay. on that, but I think you're right. I think it's Ellison. Works. Ellison yeah, works for Gensler, right. and SBF's parents are professors with former SEC chairs. One of whom at Stanford, yes, law school where I went. Which is, I'm, I'm only saying, I'm not like, like I went there. I just mean, like, just for full no, disclosure, yeah, you know, I was a student in that guy's class. I'm sure he would not know that, <laughs> but wasn't even in my current name. Um. That that girl who kept asking about fiat currency and how it's garbage. No, it was crim. <laughs> it was crim. I was at, out yeah. of my depth completely. Uh, but anyway, so with these, I, I just and they and they they have a very strong, however, you know, fringy ethical thing. So I think that I mean, he is on the stand saying I would do bad things for the greater good, like. That's hmm. like a dog whistle to whatever cultish, you know, two-tier. Like, I even think Trump. Like, he doesn't mind being a villain because he doesn't care what you think. <laughs> Not you. Like, he's a what hero, too. But some people think yeah, he's a villain, what, but he doesn't care what those people think. What was their philosophy called uh, that they were all on about? Call it effective like utilitarianism altruism or something? There's that effective altruism, and then there's that utilitarianism was like the yeah. father. Yeah, like I, I did several shows on that. I did a series on it, but on my I, I remember it. That's probably oh, why. Oh, right. I, yeah, that's, that's right. You're a listener. Thank you. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I just, with that whole thing, I feel like it's, you know, these, I, I am definitely not arguing that it's going to take a while. It does feel like it is the future of currency. And I do feel like this story and crypto, even from the very beginning, was all part of a very, very long-term plan. It takes a long time. And we're not, we're still just getting the the like, we're just peeking behind the curtain now, but it is it probably takes a long time for this stuff to get 
put in place. So I'm not in a complete panic. Yeah. Maybe I'll be dead by the time bad things happen. But <laughs> then, you know, then you got have kids and they'll have kids and I'll just, so my only hope is God. I'm going, going with that. <laughs> I just, me too. I just am not, right not going to be able to save the world. Me too. And, uh, but also right now it's, it's, it's God. And then about 20 stories down, there's Jerome Powell, because I will say that for every, every horrible thing that the Fed is, he's continued to raise interest rates in spite of Christine Lagarde and the, the people really? of the Bank of Japan and the people of the BIS and all these, nobody really? wanted you to raise interest rates in this last cycle. Interesting. Yeah. I no, think he did it to save because, the dollar. Well, or the financial system. yeah, I mean, true. They could both be true at the same time, but you have to think about which financial system, because there are a lot of banks out there that make money off of arbitraging the interest rate between the U.S. dollar and every other currency what out I there. Mean, yeah, good. You can finish. Oh no, no you can go ahead. What, that 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 could be a rant. What I mean is the Keynesian system of having ten-year cycle and then lowering interest rates for another 10-year cycle is if you look from the beginning of it, like 100 years almost, it just like, I, I did a, just a visual observation of a graph and like every 10 mm -hmm. years, it's a five-year, like the, the interest rates, they cut them 5%. Sorry, every 10 years, mm -hmm. they cut them 5% to in a recession to get it back out. I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying that is what they actually do. So around that repo time, like in 2019, in fall of 2019, I was like, interest rates are 2%. We're 11 years into this expansion. What are they going to do? <laughs> like, the mm -hmm. system cannot survive this. Keynesianism will not survive this. And then he did well, that. And I was like, oh, now he's re he's given Keynesianism oh, at least at least a one more cycle i think i think they're i think they're done i think they finally dug their way out of the tech collapse in 2001 it sucks cuz oh, we yeah. are paying for it that's what it is in my opinion yeah we do yeah we do we, we are do pay for, for it. it like mm -hmm. i my groceries are twice what they used to be my husband's pay mm -hmm. is not twice what it used to be it's not nothing where mm -hmm. it used to be and i mean it's just that this is exactly the price of inflation and it's what happens when they had to inflate their way out of a collapse that they did not let people who were supposed to go bankrupt go bankrupt they saved the halves yep. and mm -hmm. we're paying for it and it's so far in the future that people don't even realize that but i believe it's because it was the 2001 collapse that we've been we've been dealing with no. Well, yeah, because that's how no. That's uh, because that's what two thousand eight was. Up, they changed tech right, into real estate, and we bore the brunt mm -hmm. of that. And now here mm -hmm. we are. They just could. They just kicked the can and kicked the can. And finally, it was two percent. They had to. They had to get it out of there. And I just that's why I think Powell yeah. saved Keynesianism in this country. That's what I meant by the financial system. That's all I meant. Well, if yeah, I mean, I, I think if I think he would have been a more staunch supporter of Keynesianism if he had... So he had factions on the Federal Reserve Board this entire time. There's there's probably, you know, there's doves and hawks, and there's there's been a group of doves on his board ever since late 2021 when this whole thing started who really wanted to stop. I mean, and they said so in their summary of economic projections uh, the way that, in the way that they say it, which is kind of convoluted and stupid, but they did say it, that they wanted to 
only get the rate up to 2% or 2.5 and they wanted to call it there. These are supply chain. The line is these are supply mm-hmm. chain issues. They're going to work themselves out. This is all because of COVID, blah, 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 blah. And Powell in, in his own way, without explicitly saying I was wrong, he actually, he has said something to the tune of I was mm-hmm. wrong a few times. Um, and he's, he said, infl- you know, I said inflation was transitory. It wasn't. Now we're doing what we have to, to have to do to bring it down. And I'm going to keep doing that until I see inflation get back down to 2%. So I would say you need to keep doing what you need to do until inflation gets back down to less than zero because we're sitting on a debt bubble that's been building for 20 plus years. But I can't have that because the world isn't Austrian, right? The world is Keynesian. So the best that we can hope for, yeah, we're never getting that. So the best that we can hope for is He's resisting the people on his board and he's fought these people for, you know, two years now who have said we shouldn't have let the Fed funds rate go any further than 2%, two and a a quarter, Mm -hmm. 2.5. They were ready to stop at two and a quarter, 2.5. Christine Lagarde never wanted to raise interest rates and she's had to because if the Federal Reserve raises interest rates and the euro the eurozone does not then the eurozone has capital flight so yeah, the yeah, investment definitely. community the investment community chases the higher yeah, rates that's why the dollar is safer, so strong right exactly that is why the dollar is so strong so the money fl- flies out of europe and it chases that higher interest rate and in that case europe is more screwed than it already is europe's banking system is uh Dare I say fucking we'll half just, because they're let's just bail it out again. <laughs> I yeah. Um so but why hasn't the economy collapsed? Why haven't we experienced a recession? Because why? It's I, this year. I hate to use a f- yeah yeah. So I hate to use a phrase that was coined by Greenspan, <laughs> but it's <laughs> you know unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> the demons. So unfortunately, the, the, what, what was it? The ghosts in the machine. The, what did the, you the, say? The uh, the maestro. Oh, because what what is the the? But what's that thing of oh, long and, randomness? The of, phrase is long and variable lags. There's also that's what, the phrase that. Oh, you're saying that's the phrase that you're citing. Long and variable lags. Yeah, because there's also that long thing about the lags. like Keynes. Like, why do we have ups and downs in the economy? And it's like because of the nature of men's souls or some stupid. Nonsense. Oh, animal spirits. Yes, animal spirits. Animal spirits. Yeah. Very good, very God. good. So wait, so wait. Yeah. So long and variable lags. Is that your answer? Um, <laughs> I hate, so I hate to say it. I mean, but, that's interesting uh, to me if that's your answer. Yeah, so when the Fed, so we've had uh, one significant credit event since, or kind of a credit event since the rate hike started. And that was the spate of regional bank failures that happened earlier this year, March, April, mm-hmm. 2023. These things take a lot of time to play really? out. So to if like you think about- through the system, you mean? To work, or play to work out through the like system. as a bankruptcy? To work through um, the system? No, no, to work Got through it. the system for sure, yeah. So- if you think about what happened hmm. in the the last major cycle, the one that was actually allowed to play out, the the housing cycle, so the yep. building of new housing and the price increases in the housing market, those stopped in July of 2006. Now, you have the first mark of the credit crisis where 
the the euro dollar market, which is what we talked about in the last episode, really broke down. And you saw the way that you could see that was that the LIBOR rate was trading way and above where Fed funds was. And that's that's how you know that it's really, really hard to get a loan in the euro dollar market. It's not quite that way anymore because euro dollar because LIBOR has gone away. Uh, LIBOR is not published anymore. But anyway, so the euro dollar market broke down and started to break down and show signs of that in August of 2007. So you've already got a year between the housing market, the wheels start to fall off of the housing market. Over the course of that year, these subprime mortgage-backed securities that are being used as collateral all over the financial system are being called into question, but they haven't taken a nosedive. You know, they're the financial system hasn't collapsed, so they're obviously still being used. Okay, there's a whole year between the rate of increase in the home prices and you know the whole housing market stopping and the credit markets freezing up in August 2008. Or excuse me, August 2007. Then after that, you don't get the failure of Bear Stearns until mm-hmm. March 2008. So you're a year and a half after the housing cycle I mean, starts. I'm not thinking this, that we have way, that kind of collapse coming. I just think no, they'd no, have no, to I'm, really I'm try either. hard just, to get... <laughs> we need Hank Paulson back yeah, at the yeah, helm. Yeah. No, I, I agree, and um, I would I say that it could or couldn't be <clears throat> right. Um, I don't think I don't actually think that you know the, the severity of the crash is usually a function of how right. large the Bubble. the load of private debt is oh. in the economy, and that load for the United States has not oh. grown all that much. Oh, interesting. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, we have a we have a crap ton of government debt. Yeah, um, but it's know, private debt no that to- makes the difference. <laughs> interesting. I would love to have hope yeah. that we're not about to have just a terrible couple of years. I mean, we've had enough well, of that. Yeah. What, do you have any hope that we are going to avoid a major recession? N- uh, no, no, not You have really, no, no hope that we will avoid it. Ma- we are in for a major recession, in your opinion. You no, know, like 95%. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and and I'm just using the last cycle as a reference because this is something that could be, you know, rates got all the way down to 1%. And so you could look at that as a hair trigger, like, oh, God, as soon as the Fed starts to raise rates even a little bit, yeah, you know, we're off a cliff. That's what I thought. But the Fed, yeah, but the Fed started to raise rates in 2005. Okay. And then you got the housing market stop in mm-hmm. July 2006. Okay. Then you get the credit market first freezes up in August 2007. Bear Stearns, March 2008. Lehman Brothers, a full six months later, uh, September 2008. The GSEs, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, are October 2008. And then you start to really see the unemployment rate go up in early 2000. Okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions and then we're done. Okay. My three questions are, uh, typically in a recession, or if you want to say what you expect right now, but typically in a recession, what would you expect... uh, the magnitude of changes in um, employment, the Dow, stock prices, and real estate prices. So in a, a recession that that is coming now in the past, is that is there a 10% drop in real estate prices that lasts for, you know, five years and, mm-hmm. you know, unemployment goes through the roof? Like, do you have any any numbers to attach to those? you know, how that, how that normally goes. Yep. So I'm expecting real estate to probably see a, 
to be quite honest with you, I'm expecting in most markets real estate to not go any lower than or excuse me, to not go uh to not drop any more than five, six, seven percent. Yeah, that's great. Uh, which is pretty normal house. for yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I bought one in twenty twenty one. So um yeah, you, just, you it, need it, a house. It's pretty normal. <laughs> I had to live yeah. somewhere. Got to live somewhere exactly. Um, so this, you know, this last housing cycle that peaked in 2007 um, and then troughed really in about 2010, uh, 2011 takes a really long time for housing to correct. But that was out of the ordinary. So usually, you know, if you just look at the Case Shiller mm-hmm. uh, home price index, or if you look at the uh, the new the average new homes, the median new home sale price in the United States, and you look at previous recessions, they don't really move down a whole lot in your conventional garden mm-hmm. variety recession. So there's one um, in with the stock market. I think that we have seen such a blowout in stock valuations that we're primed for something like 45%. No way. Uh, you think the market's going to go to 22,000? To, is that, would that be the Dow? Yeah, I'm thinking let's say like the Dow. S&P. Yeah, I can't. I only look okay. at the Dow. So it's just. Okay, well, let me look at what the, the Dow generic, is right now. It's 34. Because I never look at 34, that. 34,000. It's 34. So. Right. It went down to 19 in March of 2020. But by the mm-hmm. end of the week, it was up to 22. But March, it, was, it went from like whatever it was. It was basically 40% or 35% off that day. You really think there's been a 40% correction? That would be unprecedented. Well, let's... So not the, not the Dow. I, w- right. I was thinking along the lines of the NASDAQ. Right. Stuff that's more so volatile. So because... Yeah, so because tech valuations yes, specifically yes, yes, yes. have gotten so, so far into the stratosphere, yeah. I would say that on the NASDAQ, the okay. Dow Jones, no. I'm thinking the Dow like Jones, the I would stable, think big maybe, stuff. What, 10%? Yeah, the Dow Jones, I would say maybe 15, 20. Yeah. And even that doesn't last um, super long. Not like housing no, price. No, yeah. it, wouldn't. it wouldn't. Okay. With the NASDAQ, I think we could see another, uh, I think we could see another tech bubble burst because again, right. the, the valuations on the NASDAQ are just, you know, are just insane. The one thing that I think is a little weird about this, and it would go to the employment stuff too, if you wanted to opine on that, is I'm just not, I don't understand enough about what got wiped out during COVID like all the supply chain stuff and changing the structure of employment and, um, mm-hmm. you know, working through inventories and closing down factories. Like, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that happens in a recession. That's the creative destruction that happens in a recession. So this recession, if it happens, and I, I can't see how it doesn't happen. I mm-hmm. mean, I just, that would be totally unprecedented. I'm not making an opinion. It just would be unprecedented. Uh <clears throat> That I just don't know how I don't know how to evaluate whether it would be very severe or not that severe because so much of that work seems to have been done. Might have been done. Yeah. I shouldn't say seems to have been done. It might yeah. have been done. I don't understand it. I didn't understand the employment thing. I didn't understand the supply chain issues. It seemed very contrived to me, but they certainly worked through a lot of inventory, closing everything down for a year and a half. So <clears throat> so sorry. I do want to hear your response. Yeah. With the, it's really tough with employment uh, because the last quote unquote real recession that we had, it it got really high, you know, 14, 15%. Um, 
a more average level for a recession is something closer to seven or eight. And then it tends to, you know, start going back down after about a year. So um, I'm again going on the train of thought that the debt buildup in the last few years hasn't been anywhere near what it was in the severe, severe crashes that we've seen looking at, mm-hmm. you know, 1929 and uh, 2007, mm-hmm. 2008 in parallel. So I'm thinking you're going to see more of, you know, unemployment. I think the unemployment rate is something like three and a half right now. Uh, I think you could see it. That, and that's a really low rate. Part of that is because it's completely massaged and doctored. Yes, um, yes, definitely. Yes, I think yes. If, if yeah, so for your listeners, if um if you want to see like a more accurate version of the employment rate, um, what you're gonna get if you search for the unemployment rate on the Federal Reserve data website or whatever is U two, I would look at U four, uh, because that includes people mm-hmm. who have been looking for a job for more than yes. a, for more than four weeks and things like that. Uh, whereas in the U two sample, yes. it's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if you if you if you're unemployed for more than uh, I think four weeks they just kick they you out of the data set. Count people it's who insane. who gave up. Like they shouldn't eliminate people who yeah. gave up. Those are unemployed people. They we need to like people need to work like emotionally. <laughs> they need to work, and not working is bad. Yeah. So so could I say that you perhaps might expect a mild recession and a tech bubble burst? Yes, I would say I would say that's a really really good summary of what I said. Yeah. I th- just because, again, the amount of capital that's gone into the amount of money, uh, you know, being a good Austrian, differentiate between capital and, and money. Yeah. Um, you could also just say liquidity, yeah. right? Because the Fed printed a crap ton of money and a mm-hmm. lot of it ultimately ended up in uh, savings accounts through stimulus checks of people who did not necessarily need that money, yes. like myself. And what did we do? We went out and bought assets. Yes, that's such an a lot of those assets were tech Interesting stocks. distinction because I remember reflecting on the 2001 thing and i i thought wow people built things they made things had real value and they took that value mm-hmm. and gave it to these idiots who destroyed mm-hmm. it just destroyed just burned it up i or maybe they weren't idiots but i met a lot of them because <laughs> i was a mm-hmm. banker at the time they were arrogant yeah. and they were absolutely they, I mean, it was shocking. And I remember I kept saying the same thing. It's like, I don't know how to value this. Like, don't ask me mm-hmm. to value this. Like, just as a grunt, I'm like, I don't, you just have to make up the numbers that I will put in this spreadsheet and I will give it to you, but I don't know how to value this. And people would laugh at me. You don't understand tech. I'm like, okay. I didn't, but I, it was the same thing with Bitcoin. You can laugh at me because I don't own any Bitcoin, but I didn't get it. And and then I remember thinking like they took real value and just dumped it in the bottom of the ocean. But what you're saying is now what they took was pieces of paper with yellow, with green crayon, and you know they came from nowhere and burned that. So you're probably not necessarily going to be worse off. Although, didn't like the billionaires, whatever, get a lot of that? Like, didn't they say that the wealth disparity, it seems like it just funneled straight up. So everybody got that money, they put it in their sure. bank and bought a new laptop. And that's fine. And then if it blows up on top, if Microsoft loses some of that money, like maybe it's not the end of the world. 
Yeah, well, if you have a huge departure in asset prices, and right now we're primarily talking about stocks, but if if you have a huge departure in those prices from reality, you're going to see that reflected in the wealth disparity numbers because what makes up the vast majority of the wealth that you're looking at at the top? So for the bottom and the middle, you're talking about real liquid bank and accounts and a little bit of real gold, estate. Little right? coins in my <laughs> literally in my dresser drawer. So like exactly, that, yeah. I can tell you like my, my, my five assets. Bullion. Yes. So, but, yeah. but yes, when people like, oh, but he's worth top, 1 billion this year, he's worth 2 billion this year. Like that's where a lot of that right. <clears throat> air is. Okay. Very yeah. interesting. All right. So we've got one more date, unless you want to do a real deep dive on FTX. I'll, I'll do that anytime. Uh, but we've got Ooh. one more real date. We have to do, um, you know, whatever the eighties, I guess the, the, Bretton Woods 2, maybe your guy would call it. and But this has been yeah, great. Not my guy, but uh, right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the man you referred to earlier, whose name I can't remember. Zoltan, yeah, oh, Zoltan yes, Poser, Poser right. if anybody wants to go and do a quick Google there. You there go. yeah. Well, I look forward to you sending me uh, show notes that I will put at monicasdeepdives.com. It, this will, I think, be Sounds the good. fourth in our series, and there'll be one, you yep. know, 3A that will slide in there. And people can go back yep. and listen. I mean, if it's if it's dense and you want to listen to it slowly, go for it. If it's the kind of thing where you like it to just play in the background, sometimes I'll put like on a faster speed. So especially if I've got like five hours of listening to do. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's all worthwhile. I really, really enjoyed it. And it's like the rare opportunity for me to, to I would say, blow off the cobwebs in my mind of uh, the years I spent caring about this stuff and knowing a little bit about it. So I love that. I appreciate that. And it's just great. Oh, yeah. Revive your finance. Oh, I love it. No, I feel like it prevents Alzheimer's. Like my mother, a friend of mine, her mom, like was forgetting things. And I was like, what? You can't remember where you were? Like, come on, like you have to think harder. And she's like, I can't remember. It's like, you can remember where you worked. And then she like texted me an hour later. She's like, I remember it. I was like, okay, good. And I told my mom, like, I'm super (laughs) worried about her. My mom said, she needs to bet on the horses. She's got to keep her mind working. She needs to do that every day. And I was like, I'll tell her. I'm not sure that's everybody's cup of tea, but it might be because it's super interactive. I like crossword puzzles, but... My mom swears, yeah. like, betting on the horses. She's 94. She's absolutely as sharp as she ever was. So I feel like... That's fucking Oh, awesome. yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> it's great. And I love hanging out with her. So I keep trying to do shows when I visit her. I'm like, I am not. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting the Tillamore Dew, and I am talking to her. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's what I would yes. do. Shit. So That's it's awesome. great. And she knows everything and everything about everything. Um, well, everything about what yep. we talk about. So, but what you're doing, I feel like is like it's a you know, horse racing for for the risk averse <laughs> my brain, preventing right. Alzheimer's. <laughs> Thank you. So um tell people where what you want them to know about you. And then after I hang up, you've got to hold on because I need your you're part of the show to upload. But can I tell people what you want them okay. to know about you? Got it. So uh, the the first thing is I, I kept forgetting to mention this in our first few installments, but I actually have a favorite guest on your show. I want to tell everybody who it is so that they can go and listen to that particular... Do you want to guess? I do want to guess. Okay. I do want to guess. Is it it's somebody who's been on more than once? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The only guy I ever talk about numbers with is Ian Davis. But most people's yeah, favorite a, is Eric Buchanan. Guy. Most people's favorite is Eric Buchanan. Oh, really? 
So mine is Anthony Raimondo. Nice. That's fantastic. Yep. He's a hero. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally yep. on the I ground love hero. Listening to him. I was kind of hoping you would say that, but yep. I just know I, I guess love, that people just love, love the the um constitutional stuff that Eric Buchanan does. But yes, yeah, so yeah, me too. Anthony Raimondo, I actually met him in real life. He was in oh, cool. not too far. We both drove probably half an hour to meet each other. It was really, really great. And he wants to talk about two things. So I'm putting him on the spot right now. Well, he wanted to talk about one thing and I want to talk about another. He wants to talk about returning to the church because we were both falling away Catholics and have gone back to oh, being Catholic. Cool. And the other thing I'm making him come to me is I smell a rat with all this labor unrest and the way these unions mm -hmm. are putting the screws, making contracts that cannot possibly sustain labor employment mm -hmm. in those industries. Inevitably, I smell a rat, rat, rat. And Raimondo was a mm -hmm. labor lawyer. And he yeah, has he such was. integrity, you know, and courage, you know he's going to lay it on the line. He doesn't have to be right. Yep. But just trusting somebody to tell you what they really think especially from a place mm -hmm. of actual knowledge and experience i don't i don't yeah. care if that person is a card carrying communist i want to hear what yep. they have to <laughs> Me say neither. full stop and he's not <laughs> yep. anymore you know he's not <laughs> i don't think he ever was he There's used to be a, a democrat <laughs> um, and 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 we know that you will talk to a card carrying communist cuz you have uh, Kuzmarov on the show so and you know, you know. I like talking to him because we have yeah, so like much common ground. He has a different ideological perspective, but there's absolutely no reason not to agree on the facts, you know, and state yeah. your opinion. So I'm so glad that you're a listener. I always forget that. That's funny how you, because I'll refer to things You're like, yeah, I know. I heard that. I heard that because I listened to your show. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, and I know that because of you. So you know. all right, so that's fantastic. I'll pass on your uh, kudos to Anthony. I'll even send. I'll highlight this clip for him. And how about cool. for uh, where can people? You know, do you do anything that you want people to to see? I know you've got a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm still working on uh, getting my Twitter back. So oh. that's been unfortunate. Um, but so. You can sign up for my email list, uh, which will have a lot more traffic uh, coming up here in the next couple, uh, maybe a few weeks. Um, most of my time is going into the book right yeah. now to make the sure book, that that kind of gets I feel is inspired by our series, or is our spirit series oh, sure. inspired by the book? <laughs> I can't um, remember. No, I, I don't decided, know which was which. No, I I decided to to write uh, after. After we started recording these, yeah, you did so much research. first or second installment. Because so, you did yeah, so much exactly, research. You, yeah. you have a book. That's super yep. cool. So Monica inspired me to write Thank a book. Thank you. Can I Everybody, get a little, go. a little shout out in the book? A, a friend of mine, I proofed his book and he gave me a little, a little, a little shout out in the acknowledgments. Oh, I will. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, let's see. Yeah, there's, there's an acknowledge. You're supposed to do an acknowledgments. The dedication is already taken. Um, I wouldn't accept a dedication, but, Jason. That would okay. be too much. Well, that would be going yeah, too far. <laughs> so, how do people get on your mailing list? So, uh, just go to jpurcell.me. So, the letter J P U R C E L L dot me, and then um, I still post on my Instagram. Usually, I'll post. Uh, so it's supply and demand update on Instagram, and a lot of what you'll see on there is all. I'll highlight different economic news that catches my eye so you can kind of get an idea for the stuff that I look at. And then every now and again, I'll post a uh, story uh, where I'll 
with a little bit of analysis. So I've done a, a couple of brief explanations of, you know, like how a rising U.S. dollar affects the other economies in the world and their banking systems and and is a essentially a threat to them, that kind of thing. Super cool. uh, so you can find that at Supply and Demand Update. I hope you and put then, little bullets in the beginning so I can get my cliff notes. I like the punchline up uh, front. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> a that good note. Me. I'll start doing yeah, that. Yeah, and then people will always click <laughs> yeah. through because they can look at that. If they have more time, they can read the whole thing. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, I'll. I'll. That's a good note. I'll start doing right, that. Excellent. So. Um, okay. Yeah, that's about it for now. Um, and if you get on my email list, you'll be the first to know when when the book is ready. And I intend to, I intend to use the folks um, on that list to look to read some of the stuff before it is published. So you'll get a sneak peek and, you know, just for feedback. I can do that too. Um, I'm an excellent proofreader. Okay. That's awesome. Yes, I, You have to catch that. me like when I'm headed on a long plane flight, but I'll yeah, do it. Sure. I'll do it. Excellent. Okay. Thank you so much, Jason Purcell. This has been so Thank interesting you. as always, right up my alley. Thank you all for listening. This is Monica Perez and you have been listening to Deep Dives. <laughs>